0: Time for this week's Sports Law Segment, brought to you by Hale, Hale & Jacobson. Find them online at hhjlegal.com. That's hhjlegal.com. Richard Hale is our sports law expert, and some intriguing topics to get to with him on this Friday. Richard, good morning. How are you?
1: Doing well, Austin. How
0: are you, bud? I'm great, thanks. Let's start with ESPN getting involved in the activity between the ACC and Florida State. ESPN supporting the ACC's right to seal the media agreement between the league and the network. ESPN pushing back on FSU's attempt to make that part of the agreement public record. In fact, ESPN goes as far to say that potentially a felony is committed by, by the prospect of releasing this information, what do you make of ESPN's involvement and how it advances the case?
1: Yeah, very interesting uh, approach from ESPN here. Just simply, you know, stating the obvious. There are a lot of um, there are a lot of trade secrets that are going to be within that contract. There are a lot of um, uh, points that ESPN doesn't want getting out for for obvious reasons. You know, you use that as a um, as a potential tool to negotiate against them in, in the future, and you know, obviously there's there's competitive marketplace here um, between. These types of rights deals that, you know, Fox could come along and and offer a better deal or or NBC comes along and offers a better deal. So um, ESPN wants to protect their proprietary information and doesn't want that information being released. Oftentimes in these agreements, there is a penalty. Um, There are some punitive damages that could be awarded if that information is leaked, if the confidentiality uh, of that information, of, of that agreement is leaked. Uh, and so certainly there are going to be some concerns there if Florida State knew about the terms of the agreement, knew that there were uh, was a clause in there that could punish them for releasing the information, and they did it anyway, ESPN saying now, listen, um, yes, not, not only is that a breach of the agreement, but could carry some criminal penalties along with it without knowing the exact nature of that agreement. It's a little tough to say. But that's certainly what they're implying here. The the bigger story continues to be uh, this giant fight between Florida State and the ACC. This week we saw the uh, ACC move to dismiss or to stay the case that was filed in the state of Florida. We do know that there's another parallel case that's going on in the state of North Carolina, um, but obviously the ACC saying that case should take precedence at this point. That's where the contract was entered into in the state of North Carolina, and so this case moving along in Florida should, should uh, pause while the other case gets settled out. We'll wait and see what the judge um, has to say about that. I don't see them being successful in that argument. Uh, there are a few nuances between the cases that should allow the Florida case to continue on its current track.
0: It's interesting, uh, given that Florida State has been both reluctant and slow to release public records on a number of items over the past couple of years, to see them make a public records argument in terms of trying to release the, the, the information behind the tv contract
1: yeah we you know it's uh what's good for the goose right and and we've seen that and uh we've seen that in the past and there there has been much publicity given to the fact that florida state has um been very slow to release that type of information and now here we see them just kind of you know laying down their hand, so to speak and when it comes to this grant rights deal you wonder if there was some uh Intentionality behind that, if there was a reason, why, whether it be a legal uh, reason or or kind of in the, the the trial of public opinion, if you will, if it's that may have been the motivation behind it. But um, we'll keep our eye on the story.
0: EA College Football 25 set to return this summer, and the the game is now in the position of offering all FBS players six hundred dollars, in addition to a free copy of the game, to be able to use. Their name, their image, their likeness in the game itself were pretty late in the process, which, which could be by design, kind of forcing players to make a quick decision rather than a long drawn-out process. Drawn out process. If, if you were advising a high-profile college football player who potentially has a lot of value with their NIL, what would you advise them to do in terms of this specific deal of 600 bucks and a free copy?
1: Yeah, it's a tough question because I think that certainly the argument that you're making is is one that could be made by a number of these players, and that argument is, am I really getting maximum value here for my name, image, and likeness in being part of the game? And the question is, is no, or the answer is no, that you know you're not because. Uh, your name, image, and likeness. If you're a, a Caleb Williams of, of the world, it's probably worth far more than the $600 and the free copy of the game that they're offering. Now, the problem's going to be: How do you have enough a time to do that? Um, because we're up against the you know up against the, the game maker's ability to put you in the game at this point, or b um, you have no uh, right now. There, there really isn't the the forum for you to do that. You, you don't have a vehicle to make that deal happen. Um, as we have talked about a, a number of times on the show, um, the athletes are not unionized at this point. They cannot collectively bargain for this particular um, uh, chance to, to be in the game. And so at this point, it's play by the EA Sports rules or don't play at all. And, and they've made it very clear that if you, if you opt in to being part of the game, um uh, then then you're in and and there's no uh, opportunity or there's there's no uh ability to to uh, go back and and change your mind at that point uh and so you're going to be part of the game whether you like it or not and if you choose to opt out that's fine but then you're not included in the game so if you're on a roster of 85 guys and you're you're the one hold out you know you're going to see 84 of your buddies on the screen and and you not be there it's going to be awkward for for those guys for sure so you know the EA Sports, I think, played this well in that you know, they gave them a limited amount of time to make the decision and basically said, you're either in or you're out, um, and, and you don't want to be that kid that's left out of the game. So I, I think in the future, moving forward, these negotiations might look a little different, but for this first go-around, I think you take your 600 bucks and your copy of the game, be included, um, have some fun with it, and wait to see what happens down the road.
0: And you'd imagine peer pressure will play a role in, on some level with those guys who maybe are just a little bit hesitant to do it, and it, I should mention, EA has said that they plan to do uh, enhanced offerings with more NIL money for about a 100 players around the country. So some of the top-tier guys might get a little bit more in exchange for promotion on social media, appearing in some different advertisements. so the top-tier players might end up with a little bit better deal than just 600 bucks. Richard Hale. Partner at the law firm of Hale, Hale & Jacobson, our sports law expert with us here on 96.9 The Game. want to close with this. There was a New Jersey man who is a self-described problem gambler. He accused the Borgata Casino in Atlantic City and MGM Resorts of inducing him with offers to gamble despite knowing about his addiction, took his case to court, and a judge has ruled that Atlantic City's casinos have no legal obligation to stop compulsive bettors from gambling. What is your make of what do you take of this case?
1: Yeah, there was some precedent out there for them to make this decision. This isn't the first lawsuit of its kind to be brought, not necessarily in Atlantic City, but in some other venues around the country that the courts could look to and say, hey, we've seen this case before, we've seen the allegations that were made, and we're just not buying it at this point. Uh, you know, the, the old adage of caveat emptor, which, you know, buyer beware, it still exists. Uh, if you If you have a problem uh and and in this particular instance, the, the man that that filed the lawsuit you know admitted that he does have a gambling problem uh and and you know that we 're not going to hold the casino responsible for your gambling problem um, The casinos are are advertising not just to you but to to a number of other individuals as well who could have a host of uh, of problems maybe it 's a gambling addiction maybe it's others you know some other kind of addiction that they're struggling with. Um, but, you know, that's certainly no excuse for you to then be able to seek uh, monetary damages from the casino for, for trying to get you to gamble. That That's the point of the casino. They want you to gamble. <laughs> I, I think, um, uh, you, you know, we talk about at this point, you, you feel bad for somebody who, who has a problem and, and um, hope that they get the help that they need. But um, certainly the the judge wasn't buying it in this case.
0: Richard, great stuff. We appreciate the time. Have a great weekend.
1: All right. Thank you, but
0: That's Richard Hale, partner at the law firm of Hale, Hale & Jacobson, our sports law expert who joins us every Friday here on The Beat of Sports. Step back three, Mike O'Donnell joins us to talk college hoops. Coming up next.